of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Shall we pray? Father, unto you alone be the glory in the name of Jesus. Teach by your Spirit. Speak by your Spirit. Let everything created hear and understand and submit in the name of Jesus. Let there be salvation of souls. Let there be healing of bodies. Let there be deliverance of Mount Zion. And indeed this morning, Lord, take all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, our scripture today is taken from Psalm 46, verse 1. We want to continue what, by the grace of God, we started last Thursday. Psalm 46, verse 1. A very, very, very dear portion of the Bible to me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Now I read verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Remember the story I shared with us last Thursday. And I'll quickly praise it last Thursday. Then I'll just take us a little further for emphasis today. How when I was a 12-year-old boy, I had to take a trip. And I'll travel alone. So I was really pretty scared. But thank God that my parents had um, taken us through the scriptures. It was a custom in those days. Every morning, daddy and mommy read your Bible pray every day, you know. And we would read scriptures. And so this scripture had come to stick with me. So when I would think of how scary my next few days would be, the only thing that would come to mind is God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in trouble. So I started practicing how the coming days will be without my parents. And the day came, I continued to recite the scripture to myself. Now, know that I have been taught that to make faith alive in a man, you need to believe enough to begin to confess. No, that it just came from the, what I heard and did, I was able to deduce from what my parents were teaching us. And so I continued until I came back from the journey, and it was such a successful journey. And in my later years, when I would come to crossroads in my life, I'm wondering where to go. I'm wondering where God will be, or God was. He would remind me that when you were 12 years old, you were saying, God is my refuge and my fortress. What of now? And ladies and gentlemen, God has taken me through the mountains. He's brought me out of deep ravines. He has accompanied me all my life until today. A lot of times I say to people, I said, when I look back over my life, I wonder how I've been able to come through. But then it's easy to explain. When do you remember God? It has been the hand of God. And so we're stressing the fact that 
is a very present help in trouble. We got to a place where we looked at it last week and said that very phrase, very present help, original translation, whether in Hebrew or the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, it's not present in the sense that he's here now. It's, that's part of it, actually. But much more, he says, is a proven help, is a tested help. So in whatever situation I find myself, there's a tested help, there's a proven help at my beck and call. So in other words, paraphrase my scripture, verse 1 of chapter 46, in the light of what we just learned, it will be, God is my refuge and strength, a proven help, a tested help in the time of trouble. And then recapping, remember, when I went in to say, actually, this begs the very nature of God. This is who he is. This is what God does. You really want to know God? He is a helper. Helper by excellence. And so we refer to Isaiah chapter 41, in verse 10, and where it reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yes. Did you hear that? God was speaking to his people. It was not a personal issue. Through his prophet Isaiah, he said, I will help you. I'm here to say to someone here today in the name of Jesus, if you've never heard it said that way, I'm asked to tell you, he will help you. God is available to help you. That's the God we serve. Man may have a reason not to look in your direction again. Never God. So I'm saying to someone today, regardless of how hopeless your situation may be, God will help you. And again in verse 13, it says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Let this be the prophecy you've been waiting for. Fear not, he will help help you i mean that's who he is again in verse 14 remember we're just trying to recap what we discussed on thursday it says fear not you warm jacob you men of israel i will help you says the lord and your redeemer the holy one of israel i will help you i will help you now if you don't remember anything about god remember that he's the one that always comes with the first sentence i will help you i will help you i will help you so if that's all your definition of God is, you got it. It's the God that helps. Remember, again, we go to um, Psalm 10 in verse 14, just to show you through the Bible that this is who he is. And running through the Bible, this is what he does. Glory be to God in the highest. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Again, remember, this got nothing to do with your status in life. It's got nothing to do with your class in life. It's got nothing to do with your gender. It's got nothing to do with your race. He's the helper to the poor. He's the helper to the rich. He's the helper to the destitute. He's the helper to the opulent. He's the helper to those who will reach out and call for help. God is a very present help in trouble. Remember the story of um, Hagar? In Genesis 21, verse 17. Now, remember the story again. Remember, we're just quickly recapping Thursday. Remember the story? She's been thrown out because, well, again, 
a little success do sometimes get into our heads. Then we forget where we're coming from. And so she found herself in trouble and she was thrown out of the house. Now, the jar of water given to her and her son was already spent. And now it was all desert, dry, starving, thirsty. There was nothing to stop the trouble. And now to avoid seeing her son getting tortured to death, she decided to leave him and walk some distance away, crying out to God. Now hear how God responded. And God heard the voice of the Lord. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. Arise, lift up the Lord and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Hallelujah. Now, let me leave it to you now to judge. Is God a helper? The same God that will help Abraham become a father is the same God that will help the slave girl from Abraham to lift up her son to become a great nation. Our God is a helper. He's here this morning to help you. He's saying to someone, this is not the time to give up. This is not, this is not the time to, to begin to wallow in self-pity. Come on, far from that suicidal thought. God is closer than you can ever expect. And he's saying to you this morning, Fear not, I will help you. Okay, then we got to the place where we quickly run through the Bible to further establish what we're saying. That even from creation, I mean, God didn't have to consult anybody. Apart from the Godhead consultation that we heard of in Genesis chapter 1, when he said, let us. He created out of his own volition. He created because he chose to create. And see what happened. Created everything and decided to make man the head of all creation. Gave man dominion. Now, gave man everything that man will ever need. That's the nature of the father you have. Glory be to God in the highest. <laughs> and then he had brought all the animals created to Adam in the garden that had everything that Adam will ever need in life. To see what we call them. And while he was doing that, then God looked at Adam and said, Hey. In Genesis, particularly, in chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2, 18. And he said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, listen. Man had been created, given dominion over the earth, and yet he never knew that he would never need help. But the creator himself, who is the helper of humanity, knew that I won't make man without creating a help for man. And at that instance, I hope you understand that God himself was the helper, and that's what we're establishing. But now he will make man begin to appreciate help even at his own domain, at his own level. So we make him a helper commensurate to him. Then he made the woman. Glory be to God in the highest. So we begin to see this helper concept running through the entire Bible. And remember again we got to the place where we said the whole idea of Jesus coming to earth was God's concept. It's part of the concept of God helping humanity. He gave us everything. We lost it. And we so lost it that we became hopeless and helpless. He sent his son. So the whole of Jesus' mission was a help mission. Glory be to God in the highest. And Jesus himself did not miss words when he came. 
He made it clear from the beginning that your father knows what you need. Your father knows what you need. Your father is ever there to help you. And remember we say he climaxed when he said, hey, I will send you another helper. So it's all help, helper, help, helper, help, helper. And so I said, in concluding last Thursday, that for a man to think he doesn't need a help, I think <laughs> he must be living in another world. Everybody at one time or the other in your life will realize that without help, you cannot make it. Help from God and help from man. Say, so wait a minute, you're introducing this concept of, oh yes, God created help for man. In other words, there is no help from God that you will get that you will not bring through a man. Hello? And if you have any problem understanding what I'm saying, like I said on Thursday, hey, what did you contribute to your conception? <laughs> you are helped. God ordained that you'll be born, but you are helped. What did you contribute to your pregnancy? Naturally to maturity. What did you contribute to your being birth? And all through your life, what about the sacrifices of your parents? When you knew nothing of life, your teachers, the different mentors that you have come across in your life, some you met directly, some you met virtually, a lot of sacrifices went down to make you who you are. You have been helped. Hello, are you here? Now, some may be saying, no, I'm self-made. That's all right. That's the nature of man, as different from God. Man is proud. But when God says, you need help, then you do need help. I need help. God has brought me far, and I'm grateful, and he's still seeing me on. So what I say to people is this. If you contributed nothing at your birth, isn't it amazing that at your death, you will need people <laughs> to help you, to carry your remains, and give your remains a decent barrier? Come on. We all need help. And the interesting thing is this. God is ever near to help us. And in helping us, it will move men. It will orchestrate circumstances. It will guide our steps. Our God is a very present help in the time of trouble. And we conclude by saying, okay, look at it. What are the things that we can do right now to begin to activate and appropriate this help? Remember? So number one, you have to have a relationship with this God. You must have a relationship with this God. I'm here to help you, and yet you don't even want to know whether I exist. You have a problem. How can you benefit from me? Yeah. You must start with the relationship. Number two, we reminded ourselves of the scripture. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, that says, Ask, and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Not shall be opened. And everyone that asks, receives. Hallelujah. Why do you think it's so? Because of the helper. Everyone that seeks, finds. And everyone that knocks, the door shall be opened. Wait a minute. Who are you asking from? God. Who are you seeking from? God. From who are you knocking and expecting to be open? God. How come you're not saying, therefore, whatever you want men to do? Because God will come to you through men. So number two, whatever help you want, please begin to reach out to people. Now, and by this I say this, no matter how big your problems are, 
you will still have enough to be able to solve some small, small problems for other people, which really doesn't matter to you. So rather than getting consumed with your problem and getting overwhelmed almost to the place of despondency, look can be of help to somebody. The Bible says here that water shall be watered. So what am I saying? As long as it is within your power, help somebody. It opens the door for greater help for you. Jesus says that's the way you get from God. And then number three, remember? In my story, I said, without knowing, I just kept on saying what the word said. So what does that tell you? If God says, I will help you, the only way can be proven to heaven and to hell and to my circumstance that I have help is for me to believe it enough to begin to say it. If one of the billionaires in Nigeria said, Taiwo, Pastor Taiwo, you know what? I like you and I know your struggles. You know, I couldn't sleep two nights ago and I think I need to see you. And I saw him and he said to me, I'm, I'm, I'm crediting your account with two billion naira. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the moment I will leave that place, the first person I see that I know, I want to say, can you imagine? You want to say it. The, bit, the truth is this. He just said, I will. He hasn't done it. So I tell this. And I go back to my wife and say, guess what? We are two billionaire rich. So, really? How? Where did you get it from? I see my friend. So I keep on saying and saying and saying. It's the same thing. God says, I will help you. Say it to whoever wants to hear. Say it to whoever who doesn't want to hear. Say it to the problem that thinks it will assail you. Help will come. Now, having said that, let me get into what I want to share today by the grace of God in continuation of this. So I said that to say this, go back and click on the message of Thursday. It will give you enough materials to do your own studies. You'll be able to go farther and wider. I'm just only giving you points to do your study. But please get this right. The whole essence is this. Don't you ever forget in your life that God will never abandon you. He will never. I'm just reminded now. Can a mother forget her suffering child? Maybe they will not. Maybe. But I will never forget you. You see, this whole concept of God our helper found its climax on the lips and life of our Lord Jesus Christ when he walked the face of the earth demonstrating and restoring humanity to his place of dominion. Really? Yes. After all, it's God the Son. And in the nature of God is help, help, help. Hear what he said in John chapter 14. Glory be to God in the highest. Verse 16. Now, he was teaching in the closing week of his stay on earth. The last week before his crucifixion. And he was teaching expressly, and these were the climax of what he thought. At one point he said, and I will pray the Father, verse 16, and he will give you another helper. Can you see what we're saying? Can you imagine God since creation that been saying, I will help you, and you need a helper, I will help you, and I will help you. Now Jesus came to restore humanity to the place of authority, where we should have been. And the last in the series of his teaching, said, I will pray the Father and he will send you another helper. So we have helper now coming again. So what do you think? Don't you think God will have you? He will have me have a good understanding of this God, my helper concept. 
He said that he may abide with you forever. So in other words, you were created to be helped. And you will never lack help in the name of Jesus. And so I looked at this concept and it's quite interesting. And if you read the whole of 14, the whole of 15, the whole of 16 of the Gospel of St. John, you see it took time to teach about the Holy Spirit. Because when you say another helper, refer to him as the Holy Spirit. As you read through, you find it there. And amazingly, we find that the reference to the Holy Spirit in all these chapters, I mean, alludes to quite a lot. From the Amplified Bible, it says, He will be your comforter. Why would that be? Because now some of them were getting inside that, oh, He's been with us for three years, He will depart. He said, No, I've been here for, with you for three years, helping you. And you are so used to it, you can't think of yourself apart from me. But you see, I can only help you when I'm with you in the physical. But I want to be able to help you and to be with you corporately and with you individually wherever you may be. And the many timid millions that will come to believe through you. And the only way that will happen is for me to go out and pour out my spirit, the helper on all humanity. And that's exactly what he has done. Hello? And that's what he was saying. I will ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter in the Amplified, another counselor in the Amplified, another helper, come on, another intercessor, hallelujah, another advocate, uh -huh, another strengthener. So in other words, no matter the area of your life where you need help, God says I'm available. Which proves the fact that he's a proven help in any area of your life. I mean it today in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Try it. Try and call him into your situation. And write me. Because you will have a testimony. I know. His help covers every aspect of your life. And so it took Jesus to die and resurrect and make this help available to you and I. You see why you must have a relationship? Somebody said, this helper will comfort, will counsel, will intercede, will advocate, will strengthen, and if there's any other thing left, he's standing by. You are created to be helped. I am created to be helped. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what COVID-19 might have caused in your life or family. But hear me well. You have a helper. And reason for that. So when I say, help me God. Isn't that prayer? It is prayer. But even in our prayer, in Romans chapter 8 verse 26, Paul was writing, he said, we don't even know how to pray as we ought to. He says, the Holy Spirit even helps us to pray. Amazing. In John chapter 14, in verse 26, the Bible says that no matter how much we try to read and study, which is good, if the Holy Spirit does not teach us, we are not taught. He's the teacher. I'm saying there's nothing too small that you want to pursue in life. There's nothing too big you want to pursue in life. Let him help you. When he does it, he does it with excellence. When he does it, he does it with the ease that you don't find in the natural realm. When he does it, he gives you the kind of victory that the natural man will begin to wonder that how did he do it? And besides, the Bible says he wants to make a show of you. He wants to say, look, 
I'm the one helping him. I'm the one helping her. He wants to make you a witness of his grandeur, of his strength, of his excellence in life. Why won't you allow him? Not only that he will teach you, he said he will bring to your remembrance everything I have taught you. Oh my goodness. He's talking about having a very high IQ. Ability to remember and to put things together. To be creative. The Holy Spirit created the system and is still creating. John 16, verse 13 says, He will guide you into all truth. Oh my goodness. Now that's interesting. He will guide you. He will guide you. Hear me again. There is no decision too small to involve him. There is no pursuit too big or endeavor to involve him. He is interested in you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will strengthen you. He will heal you. He will help your prayers make meaning with God. He will make your prayers more effective on earth. Come on. He will stand for you. He will intercede for you. He will comfort you. He will advise you. In every aspect of life. You see, the truth is that we are not created to live this life solely, like I said. He created man to live, to walk in union with him. Why? Because he will forever be there to help and yet allow for good independence to rule. You see what you mean? He created man a free moral agent. And that's why as close, as nearby, as ever near, as he, as he is, he will never get involved in what you don't want him to get involved with. You talk of the most discreet of relationship. He knows everything about you, but he will say nothing to you except as you are willing to discuss with him. And that's why when I looked at this scripture in Romans chapter 18 verse 26, I was studying it sometime and I was made to understand from Jack Hayford's explanation, he said, hey, the idea is this. He's here to help in anything that you want to do. He will not help in what you don't want to do. In fact, if you don't want to do it, then there's no more help. That will mean controlling and forcing you. The Holy Ghost will never force you. The sovereignty of God still looks at your will and leaves you. But that will be to the extent that is still in line with his character. So what I'm saying is this. The Holy Spirit, according to the teaching of Jesus, is such that he will not only be with me, he will be in me. And we find scriptures that corroborate this all through the Bible. So as a believer, even right now where you are, the Holy Ghost is right there inside of you. Is around you, is standing by you. That is, he's with you, he's on you, he's in you. But if you don't want to do a thing, he won't do it. But if whatever you want to do, and most of you say, I need your help. Hello? You will finish it like an expert, better than an expert. And that's why the Holy Ghost is said to be a gentleman. Is the strongest, wisest, 
and yet most gentle helper that humanity can have. Now, let me give an example of the life of Jesus Christ. Because he actually came to demonstrate how we can walk in dominion and be helped all through. Prophesying his birth, all the prophets did it by the Spirit. Check your Bible. Announcing his birth, angels, by the Spirit. Or even before they announce it, visitation, going to Mary. That, do you know you're going to? Angels, by the Spirit. And when Mary began to say, I am a virgin. It will take a man and a woman having intimacy. I don't have one. Guess what angel said? He said it's going to be by the power of God and by the Holy Spirit. Hey. Glory be to God in the highest. At his baptism, the Bible said many were being baptized and when he came, John recognizing him wanted to excuse himself. He said, no, no, let it be. He submitted himself to that ministry. And the moment he was baptized and being brought out, the Bible said he was praying and suddenly the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And the voice, the voice of the Father came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. And he came out of the water. Come on, Luke chapter 4. The Bible said, and he was what? Driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Every aspect of his life was by the Holy Spirit. So he lived conscious of the hair power. Remember, he was God, but he was 100% man. And now he was walking like a man, demonstrating how man will walk and exercise dominion. Man will only do that depending on God, the helper. Jesus depended on the helper all through. The Bible said after the conclusion of the temptations in the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And all through his life, we saw the Holy Spirit everywhere. Remember at the tomb of Lazarus? He was God and he's still God. He could have just said, hey, no. He said, Father, come on. He made sure that he directed attention to the helper. He said, but that they may know. That's why. You know, I would dare nothing without you. But that they may know. Glory be to God in the highest. They said, Lazarus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm saying to someone here today in the name of Jesus. Hey, listen. I'm saying to someone here today. This is what you've been waiting for. For someone to remind you that you have a helper. And I'm saying to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, rise up and get out of that rot. In the name of Jesus. You have a helper. You have a helper. Today is the Holy Spirit. It's God the Spirit. God is out to help you. Whether directly or through men. God is saying, I will help you. Feeling of the 5,000. He received the little boy's food. Said, Father, I thank you. Always acknowledging the helper. Boom. It was enough. I don't know what you are struggling with. I don't know what you so lack in your life that you think that will be the end of your life. I said, no. The helper is out to help you. <laughs> Expect a miracle in the name of Jesus. I'm just telling you how Jesus did it. I'm not just trying to tell you to, just to prove to you that God is the helper. That's what he does. That's his nature. When he came as a man, that is as God the Son, 
he demonstrated it. Remember Acts 38? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And they went about. So there was nowhere he went without the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Is your issue in your marriage? Come invite the Holy Spirit right now. Come on. Come on. With your employer, invite the Holy Spirit right now. Is this your health? Come on. Come on. <laughs> invite the Holy Spirit right now. Oh, your children, come on, invite the Holy Spirit. Hear me, there is nothing too small to involve him with, and there's nothing too big to leave him out of. So, talking about his death, hear what Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself, without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So in other words, it was through the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it would have been impossible for him to die. In fact, we have one of the most difficult things for him to do. In the book of Mark, when the Gospels in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he was praying, he said, Look, Father, I know I can do all things. Now, <laughs> if it be your will, let this call pass over me. That was quarter to being arrested. Then he said, no, not my will. Let your will be done. And now we are hearing that it took the Holy Spirit to help him navigate that part of his life. What are you finding most difficult in your life? Can I invite you to this, our precious helper, our precious Holy Spirit, who has never failed anybody, and he will never fail you in the name of Jesus. What about his resurrection? First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. First Peter 3, 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Hello? Made alive by the Spirit. That is, he came back to life by the Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. He died physically and destroyed the power of death. And stopped us from second death. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But you see, he was resurrected by the Spirit. And if you don't get that, Romans 8, 11 says that if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, so the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. So every aspect of his life, from prophecies to death to life, it was the Holy Ghost. And what does that tell you? You are not created to do it alone. And that's why at least one time in your life, you will need help. And always know that God is ever ready to help you. And he's saying, let me help you today. It's only in Christianity that I know that everybody is a champion. Everybody is a hero. Except as we are ignorant of who we are and what we have. In the natural, mm -mm 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 -mm. one hero, one champion, oppressing others. In Christianity, everybody can be a champion. Why? Because the Spirit of God is there. The hero-making spirit is there. Right inside of you. You are a special child of God. You are a Holy Ghost champion. You are more than a conqueror in life. 
The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Yours is always a glorious future. Can't you see that God cares so much for you? The Bible says if he did not withhold his only son, what makes you think he would want anything from I mean anything? Please rise up today. Start to take advantage of the sacrifice of Calvary. Of the love that God is lavishing on you even right now. You have a glorious tomorrow. Remember, it will take a relationship to begin to access everything that God has for you. Still in the book of John, Jesus said, everything the Father has is mine. And the Holy Ghost will take everything, unfold it to you, reveal it to you. Look, yours is a no-lack life. No wonder David will say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I would like to pray with those who are ill. The Bible said he sent his word and healed the sick. What does that mean? There's no barrier. There's no space. There's no time in the things of the spirit. So if you believe and you want me to agree with you, place your hand on that part of your body where you need help. Or can you just place your hand on the screen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life into this vessel. The Bible said, by his stripes we are healed. Uh, so I rebuke every spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. I command you to take your hands off God's property. I say, pack your load and go in the name of Jesus. And to you I decree, rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. It has nothing to do with the nature of the sickness. They are all created beings. Write us. And let us share your testimony. We would like to rejoice with you. Always remember, God is our refuge, is your refuge. And our strength is your strength and is a proven help in the time of trouble. He will never fail you. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.